Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Chris Oliver. Coach Oliver has over 20 years of university coaching experience. He also is a great sharer and teacher of the game. He's also the founder and operator of Basketball Immersion and the Basketball Podcast with Chris Oliver. We talked to him today about humility being a game away, the four B's of basketball being the best version of yourself that you can be, and taking time to notice progress. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Great to be here, Coach Lopez. I appreciate you asking. No, I, I, uh, I appreciate what you're doing for the coaching community, for the basketball community as a whole, uh, with Basketball Immersion, the basketball podcast, all your outlets, all the content. Uh, it really is very helpful. It's helped me a ton. I'm learning, uh, which is always my ultimate goal is to be a learner at all times, and uh, and I really felt the unction and the desire to interview you because I felt like you're having such an impact in, in this in this space of uh, basketball that we all love so much. Uh, you know, I, I think it warranted hearing your uh, perspective on a few things and, and finding out who you are. So uh, with that, Coach, I, I started off like I start off every other episode. Uh, how are you introduced to the game of basketball? Well, first off, thanks for that intro, and uh, it's great to talk to someone that has some perspective as well on uh, all the work that goes in behind the scenes on on all the sharing that you do or I do, and and that's 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 awesome to connect with you in that way. For me, uh, basketball started. Uh, I was Canadian, uh, well, still am, but uh, <laughs> Canadian, and uh, grew up playing uh, soccer and hockey. And uh, basketball came to me about seventh grade. Uh, just went to a camp family just put me in a camp because it seemed like something fun to do and uh fell in love with the uh the concept but mainly about basketball that i was i was empowered to train and learn on my own wow that it was one of those sports that you didn't need anyone else right yeah. you yeah. didn't you, yeah you didn't need skates you didn't need ice you didn't need someone to throw to you you just all you needed was a ball and then from yeah. that point on i was just immersed in it and kind of a introverted you know young person shy so i think basketball in and of itself gave me an outlet in that way as well and uh you know from there fell in love with you know i think i've always been drawn a little bit to the mental side of the game because i think i was perceptually aware that i wasn't the best athlete and knew that but there's ways to compensate and then that was the other part of basketball that really intrigued me fantastic coach I, i like what you're saying there because uh we all look at basketball at times as a means to something uh but to feel empowered you know, through it to, to know like you, like you're challenge oriented, like here's a challenge for me. And then I can do this on my own. I don't need, you know, like you said, all the, all the uh, other uh, variables that are required for other sports and equipment and whatnot. That that's really key because uh, as individuals, when we do self-reflection, we think, okay, how do I just do things out of just uh, what I feel is natural or am I challenged? Do I feel, like you said, empowered? And I think as coaches, we have a certain amount of uh, 
I don't know. We want to be empowered by others, but the reality is we are empowered to teach this game. We are empowered to to help young people, to help anybody who wants to learn the game. And so, great great point of emphasis, Coach. I, I really appreciate that. So, uh, what was your experience as a player, uh, in, as as a player coming up? Well, it was in the early stages, to be honest, of, of, of Canadian basketball and any type of formal education process for coaches as well. And, um, you know, for me, I was, I, I, I wouldn't say I had great basketball coaches, but I always had great people yeah. that coached me, people that devoted time, people that opened the gym. I also saw that, you know, a lot of it was, was missing that technical tactical or, you know, that real, real passion for, for that side of the game, which would have helped me grow as a player. And the other part that came from it, which became very impactful on my coaching was how many times I had people contradict something. So if you go to a camp, if you go, you get coached by one person, you get coached by another person. And, you know, it really opened my eyes to how many different ways there were to do this. And, um, also, you know, just again, how as a player, you've got to be to a certain amount, no matter who is coaching you and how good your coach is, you have to be player-led. You have to lead yourself. And that was a huge part of all that early learning as well. And then, and then later, as I moved into university and everything, I didn't play, I broke my ankle, and then just tried to be a normal student, didn't like it, and then started coaching at a local YMCA, and that's how I started coaching. Basically, my uh, first year of university on, I've, I've coached ever every season since and had great experiences in that process. Fantastic coach. Great, you know, kind of great breakdown of your experience. And I think a lot of our, whether we want to admit it or not, a lot of our experience has to do with maybe something that we thought, uh, you know, we were going to do forever, like play the game. Then all of a sudden something happens and it shows us, Hey, this is part of the game that I should probably really uh, navigate through and to, because I've, I've just, there's something about it. I want to stay in the game even if I can't play the game. So that that that's a fantastic uh, breakdown there, Coach. So who who like you talked about the the people in your life, good people being surrounded by them, and they were the ones kind of facilitating uh, uh, your experience. Uh, was there anybody in particular who influenced you to go into coaching? Well, my parents being first and foremost, because to a certain extent, they they knew nothing about coaching. I think. You know, there was a point probably about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, when I got my first head coaching job at Queens University when I was 28, where my dad just, I guess, finally realized that I could make a living doing this. Up until that point, I think it was a little abstract. Uh, Dad was an accountant. But what I learned through all that, just phenomenal support. And again, being around so many young people like you are, I see how valuable that was. I I just am tremendously grateful that no matter what my passion was, whatever it was going to be, that my parents supported it. They supported it with love. They supported it with encouragement. They supported it with questions, which at the time, maybe you were, you resent a little bit as a young person, but you know, later you realize, man, they were just asking questions to help me confirm that this is what I wanted to do. And, and those tremendous things. So there's no question was my parents. And then I had a number of just really influential people, but Joe Razzo at McMaster University was my first, my first assistant coaching, grad assistant job, whatever you want to call it, because I did it all there, because uh, there was really, really no such thing as full-time assistance. And uh, I was with him for about six years, with one year in between where I did my master's and worked for another coach out in Victoria, BC. But uh, that, that, again, 
there I learned about everything aside from basketball. He was a great basketball coach, don't get me wrong, but it was all the, the business, the recruiting, the dealing with people, the relationships. And Coach Razzle was just tremendous in all those areas and uh, such an impact on my, my future as a coach and certainly my future now sharing the game. Yeah, Coach, you, you said something really important about learning the business. Uh, coach Sutton, we had him on, and he talked about loving the game, learning the business, uh, if you really want to do this thing the right way. And it sounds like you had a lot of that kind of uh, imparted into you uh, during that experience. And I'm sure it's just been, like you said, helpful here in the future now where you've, uh, you, you've learned to grow the game in your own way and sharing with others what you know, what knowledge you have, and, and expanding things by having the right people on your programming as well to help share the game. So that's fantastic. So as a coach, you had a lot of success, uh, you know, at, at Windsor, at Queens, uh, throughout your career, having the success that you've had. You know, it sometimes is uh, for us as coaches. I think we 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 learn sometimes winning early getting the different accolades, awards, we think that, okay, wow, I've, I've really accomplished something. And maybe we have, and, and, and that's great, but what have, you know, I know I learned through failure. What have you learned, or how do you view failure within the coaching profession? Well, I think humility is always a game away, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, to me, I guess I have admiration for a coach who has a little cockiness or a little arrogance about them. Yeah. Because that's just never how I've been able to operate. I mean, I think that's that's the inherent difficulty of coaching is there's such an insecurity behind it. Yeah. Everything you do, because ultimately you don't know if anything works yeah. until you get to the game. True. And, and, and that's public. And it's very public. And I've always tried to explain this to people that it, it's completely wrong that on my campus that I'm the person that is critiqued. I'm the person that's on a message board getting praise or criticism. You know, I'm the person written about in the newspaper. When we have people on our campus doing things that are literally saving lives. Yeah. But for some reason, and this isn't negative, but for some reason, sport is just in the minds of so many people in that way that we celebrate it, which is really positive. But obviously, part of that is it creates such an insecurity for coaches and, uh, you know, that's where that humility is always a game away. So yeah. uh, I'm not sure I was ever confident per se in, in that sense. But by my by my third year university coaching, I felt like at that point that I got to a point in my life where I felt one, I didn't care what other people thought. I was comfortable doing it my way because I believed that my way worked. Yeah. And then the second part was that, you know, at, at that point, I truly believed that I could coach. I could put my offense against anyone's defense or my defense against anyone's offense and get to that point. And that's all from that immersion of putting so many hours into, you know, your profession and your learning and all those things. And uh, I can't encourage coaches to do that enough. I mean, just immerse yourself, especially in those early years and learn as much as you can, because it helps to live by those later moments where you may sometimes question what you do. So coach, you said a couple things there that I like, you know, first, first of all, you, you were talking about like finding your voice, finding your your uh, groove, if you will. Like when you have that kind of confidence, you almost feel like you could walk into any gym and take over any program, and because you did it your way and you know how to get that way done. And because you and here again, it kind of goes. I think back to what you said about kind of the contradictions that you heard from different coaches and different ways of doing things. But 
not as a negative as saying, you know what, there are, like my dad used to say, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I don't know if I'd ever want to see a cat being skinned, but that is a saying. And uh, so I think that's what, what you're talking about is like, you know, you had, you felt like you had autonomy where you, with, with what you were doing and that the confidence grew from you doing it the way you knew to do it. You saw success in it. And I think every coach kind of needs to find that in themselves so they can be confident. And that insecurity kind of goes away in a sense, even though there's always going to be something maybe that they'll be insecure about. But also, you know, also can lead to some kind of vulnerability and being open to who maybe, you know, you aren't uh, and not who you think you aren't. So I think those are those are all key components with here again becoming a better coach, becoming a better leader, mentor, all those things. So well, I think we. I'm sorry, just to add to that, I, I think we don't appreciate how much vulnerability is a key part of leadership. Yeah, yeah, and it it, it really is. I mean, to, to you started off here talking about that. You know, you, you love the fact that you get to talk to people and you get to learn about people. Yeah. Well part of being a person is being vulnerable. Yep. So your players knowing that you're human and that you're vulnerable and you're this person and that we all deal with the same things. We just, how do we deal with them? And that's what we're ultimately trying to model for our players is this reality of how we deal with certain things. And, uh, you know, ultimately that's what I hope my legacy is that I, I later in life uh, as a coach, I modeled parenting for my players and that later, obviously throughout my career, I tried to model how to be a person. How to yeah. be a person in this on this planet, and a person who you know hopefully represents all the things that are hopefully good about being a good person and, and being successful in the world. So I hope my players took that part away from me as much as anything. Yeah, no, coach, definitely. I like, you kind of jumped ahead there for my last question, but it's okay. I've got something for that as well. But I, I really do appreciate you talking about that because I I think sometimes we don't consider uh, people. And when we're going about working with people, it's kind of odd, but I think it's true. Uh, you know, we kind of look at people as a, here again, in another situation where it's a, their means to an end. And uh, we kind of got to shake that because people are people and we want to leave our imprint on their lives and not just about the game, not just about uh, what could you do for me while you were with me, but how, how did I impact your life? How am I uh, influencing you to become better and do better and be better? I mean, all those things, Coach. So I really do appreciate you kind of going into that as well. So what are some of the keys, uh, or should I say key leadership habits, you feel this generation in particular of players uh, needs to experience from, from us as coaches? Well, let me go through let me go through kind of one by one with you, and we can discuss maybe – but the first one, uh, we, I break it down into what we call the bees of basketball in our program. And the first one is, is, is be an earner. The, 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 the key part of all leadership. And, and again, leading is, leading is as much following as it is leading. And we yeah. try and teach our players both aspects, right? But when we talk about both those things, we talk about be an earner. You have to earn your success. Like I've never been around anyone in life that's achieved happiness without having earned it. Yeah. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about accumulation of goods. I'm just talking about, again, success, whatever peace of mind they come to in that mindset. It comes from earning it, right? It doesn't come from just happening with very rare circumstances. Yeah. Like you have to earn it. And uh, that's something that we try and bring home and try and connect those dots all the time for our players is, hey, why are you successful on your task? Well, you're successful because you earned it. 
Yeah. You put time into learning it. And it's almost taboo sometimes for young people to, to act like they're trying. Yeah. And we try <laughs> and true. celebrate that, right? We try and yeah. celebrate yeah. that all the time and uh, say, hey, why weren't you successful? We didn't earn it. Yeah. And look, we discount pro athletes all the time when we say they're talented. Yeah. Well, what is their talent? Like, what is LeBron James, James Hart, whoever you think the greatest basketball player in the world, male or female, what is their talent? It's their work ethic. They yeah. just work harder at basketball than anyone else to get as good as they've got. Yeah. And they have other gifts and the other the other things that they've developed, but there's no question. So being an earner is our first part. Fantastic, Coach. I think that's huge because it, it's fighting entitlement every day when you understand that. You're, you're saying, I reject entitlement. I want to earn it because anything that's handed to me I'm not sure how much that's worth uh, at the end of the day either. Uh, if I learn to earn, then I don't need a handout. I don't need anybody to kind of put me in their pocket, if you will, uh, because that's what happens a lot of times when people say, you know, I somebody handed this to me, somebody gave me this. There's usually an expectation of, of some return uh, behind those type of uh, transactions. And, and here again, we're looking for a transformational relationships not transactional ones so i think that's uh huge coach well no question and, and that's 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 such an important part of this is that we want players to feel in control of yeah. their future right yeah. as a player and as a person and and that that's exactly what you just said and what we've kind of come back to in this thing and then the next be of basketball is be impactful we want them to make an impact not just on their team mates not just on their team but the community in general and I always tell them the story and I say, you know, I've got a bunch of them when it comes to this, but I say something like as simple as this. I travel a lot. I don't ever leave my hotel room without having cleaned it or tidied it, I should say, more than, you know, I, I don't leave my hotel room without having tidied it. Right. And, and I just pose that question to young people all the time. say, well, why do I do that? And they say, oh, well, you like a neat room and all that. And I said, well, I'm just trying to impact someone's life. Yeah. Like, think about, there's someone that has to come into my room and clean up after me, yeah. and I'm going to leave that in really bad condition for them and make their life worse. Yeah. And I try and always connect that to them. When you open a door, when you say pleases and thank yous, you know, when you look someone in the eye, you have a conversation, you shake their hand and you say your name, all these things that have an impact, and you just think about that. So we try and connect dots like that for them all the time in terms of, the, you know, being a leader. You have to make an impact. Well, how do you make an impact? Everyone thinks of this big speech. Well, really, it's all the little things that you do, and Definitely. that's what we try and connect for them. Yeah, the small things, Coach. I think what you're what you're saying there, in essence, is just make somebody's day better, better than what you know it could have been. Uh, who of us wouldn't want to come to work, and we know there's some little, minute, almost mundane detail that we have to do on a daily basis, and somebody did it for us. Uh, maybe it's even something as simple as you know uh, pouring somebody a cup of coffee uh, for that morning. There's something you know, that you're leaving an imprint, like you said, on a daily basis, you're, you're chipping that away at other people's walls that they've built up maybe to, to keep people out. And you're showing them that, you know what, there is good in people. Even though I got burned before, even though I had a bad experience with people in the past, this person really helped to change my, my paradigm as far as accepting relationships and friends now. And so I think that's, that's really, really key being impactful. So what's the next one, Coach? Uh, it relates to the question that you more directly asked, which is be determined. Okay. It's We call it determined, pissed off. It's within our team, perseverance, <laughs> grit, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. I mean, you're going to fail. 
you're going to screw up. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell, and I do tell my players, this is part of, part of vulnerability. I tell them times when I screwed up, when I made mistakes, Yeah. whether it's coaching, um, you know, we're certainly, we're trying to create self-efficacy. We're trying to create belief in your players and you as the coach and you as the leader. So you want to share times when you've been successful, but also you want to show them the vulnerability and the fact that, listen, you are likely going to make mistakes. Yeah. Well, we know you're going to make mistakes, but you're probably going to make a big mistake in your four years with me at some point, whether it's off the court, on the court, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's, that's, that's reality because here's an example of how this has happened to me. And the point is not making the mistake. The yeah. point is, are you going to recover from it? Are you going to be determined to change your situation? And we can all change our situation for better. And being determined and that just that mindset, which is so important to all leaders. And uh, to be honest, to all followers as well, because, you know, if you're in that situation where you're affected by someone who made a mistake, then you have to be determined to have their back, to change things, to help them, whatever it may be as well, too. Great point, Coach, right there about helping people. Uh, I think that's part of uh, other awareness, not just self-awareness, but other awareness, like other people are, are living life with you, and uh, you, you got to understand, like, you, the, it, things don't revolve just around you. Um, you know, you talked about responding. I love that word because too many people react, and I think the more we can teach people to respond uh, is is a much better avenue to go down, and it'll cause less friction and uh, and offense and all those things that interpersonal relationships, uh, you know, fail in. Uh, but I like that. Be determined because you know you're going to fail. That's a, that's a great that's a great point. There's no one on the planet that hasn't. So you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's it's one of those realities, and yeah. and it leads to the fourth one, which is uh, be grateful. Yeah. which is something I so trying to connect with every player. And I just, I've learned this from my, my wife so much over the years, but just this, this place of gratitude when you're feeling, when you feel, like we all go through depression, we all go through sadness, we all go through, you know, anger, and we all go through the opposites, which are happy and comfortable and, yeah. you know, all these other emotions. Like those are all natural emotions and the world's all about balance. And, you know, you have happy because you have sad and you have sad because you have happy. Yeah. Well, those are natural balances that exist. So, we try and get our players as leaders and as people to understand that gratitude is always something that can bring you back faster from depression, from sad, from yeah. lonely, from angry. You know, and I relate it all the time going, okay, I'm getting frustrated at my players, I'm getting frustrated at officials, I'm getting frustrated at something that's going on in my life. Okay, deep breath, reflect back on what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my amazing family. That yeah. always brings me back to the center. It always brings me back to a place that I go, okay, well, now, wait a minute. Nothing's, nothing's too bad right now, and I can always come back to this place. And I, I just think gratitude is something that can help so many young people, especially in this day and age where, you know, Coach, they have pressures that we could never have imagined being young people. Yeah. And I think too many people generalize this group of people, this young people as well. Like I, I can't stand generalizing because it's just so different. Like their life is so different than our life. Yeah. when we were young and if we can teach gratitude we can help them as leaders and as people just shape their lives a little bit better because they can get out get back to balance much faster much faster yeah no just basically being able to relate to this generation in any way shape or form is is kind of uh taking the first step uh, it's not to say that you have to act like them to relate with them but to understand like yeah i don't get why y'all do what you do sometimes 
But if I have to kind of apples for apples, take myself to where or go back to thinking when I was your age, the things I did, where are the correlations there? And then I can move forward with a better perspective on what's going to happen moving forward. Because I think that's what we're talking about when we say being grateful. It's taking a better perspective of life and understanding that, you know, pessimism, there's a place for it, I guess, because we all kind of go down that road. But optimism, optimism has to be the order of the day because there's no, there's no other, I mean, to me, for me, I should say, uh, there's just kind of no other way to go. I mean, I, 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 you, you talked about natural emotions and all those things and mental health and all that comes into play, quite honestly, in my opinion. And I feel like younger people uh, need to understand how good life really is for them. With all the technological advantages they have, uh, all the you know, the information they can access, all the ways that they can stay connected to people around the world, life is better for you. It, it, you may not realize it because I didn't grow up with the internet. Probably you, you didn't either, Coach. Didn't come nope. until you know, and so we don't understand that part of their life, like how connected they are to that. But we do understand that the gratitude of it, and I think that's so key and so important that we we just got to shape it for them. Like, hey, be grateful for what you have because you have a whole lot. Uh, you, you have a ton, and uh, and it's not to say you're ungrateful, but just be grateful. That's all, you know. And and I think that's just a, that's a great point of emphasis, Coach. Uh, so well, and you use coping. Sorry, and use gra- gratitude as a coping strategy. Yeah. Like people always talk about, well, how do you, what are coping strategies? Well, gratitude is the number one coping strategy. Yeah. Like just again, reflect, uh, you know, we're, we're not, we're not making you be grateful. We're telling you, Hey, there's gotta be something in your life that you're grateful for that can help you balance and bring you back to center. So yeah. that a lot of these emotions that I think are, are overpowering for so many young people in this day and age because of, again, social media and everything that, that blows up something to a much bigger reality than it is sometimes that gratitude is a coping strategy. So that's what we try and teach to our, to our leaders. Fantastic coach. I like that point. Uh, So given, you know, the experience you've had with teams that you've built, that you've coached, that you've, you know, kind of stewarded uh, your influence and your impact on them. uh, How do you define team success? Well, I think all success comes back to a personal satisfaction or in this great, this example of group satisfaction in knowing you did the best you could to become the best version of yourself, yeah. right? Like, yeah. again, it's, it's, there's no question winning is important. And I say this to anyone, like, why do I know winning is valuable and the attempt to win is valuable? Because people are happier yeah. when we win, Yeah. right? Like, it's just, that's the reality. So yeah, it is. there's, there's no question that wanting to win is okay. And, and winning and competing and all those things are part of the fun of the sport. But we also have this, have this focus on our best version of ourselves. And, and that varies by team and it varies by season. It varies within season sometimes. Yeah. And we constantly focus on that along with this concept of noticing progress. Yeah. which is we would define success within our team by noticing individual progress and team progress and uh, being able to point out those moments throughout seasons and throughout, you know, different times of the year. And this is something that I've got better at. This isn't something I was really good at when I was young, you know, because as a coach, you know, you win or you lose, you're, you're immersed in that moment and you're, yeah. you can't get beyond that or, yeah. you know, you win and you're like, 
okay, what's next? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. taking, you know, taking moments now to celebrate small victories, uh, taking moments to celebrate what we would consider minor achievements, and just again trying to be more in that moment from from minute to minute or day to day in those under those in understanding our successes and our improvements through noticing progress and then obviously trying to constantly strive to be the best version of ourselves as a team and as individuals. Great points, coach. I, I love that. I mean, I love the understanding of when, when you get a, a group of young people together, a group of, of people together for any kind of uh, endeavor to say, hey, let's become the best version of ourselves. And I think here again, you talked about progress, noticing progress, uh, pointing it out to them, because I think we all need encouragement and that helps to build morale. And when you build morale, you get a better effort or you get the full effort. Who, who you know, who knows? People might want to go the extra mile after feeling encouraged. And so that definitely is a, a, a kind of a key component to that idea of team and group success. So I, I think about us as coaches and like you talked about earlier, how the coach gets uh, criticized or you know, or, or, or it's, it's kind of like taking the credit or the blame for everything. Uh, you, however, that comes of media, newspaper, wh- whatever that is. Uh, but sometimes we're approached by our, our uh, you know, our athletic directors, the administration, uh, maybe even parents, uh, assistant coaches, head coaches, whoever we have around us in that sphere. Uh, how do you process feedback or even criticism? Well, again, I mean, it depends on the source. It depends on the timing. I mean, it depends on so many things. There's there's such value to getting feedback. And I think, again, criticism has become that negative word when in reality it's it's not inherently negative. It's, yeah. it's meant to be it's meant to be helpful. It's meant to be constructive and all these different things. But we've turned it into a negative. So certainly, number one is being open to it. Uh, but at the same time, you have to operate with such conviction as a coach that there's so many times where I would solicit feedback or I would get feedback from, let's say, my athletic director, and I would do all the right things. I would listen. I would nod. I would rephrase. <laughs> I would restate. I yeah. would ask a question. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I wasn't doing it that way. Yeah. Right? It was. I have to have my conviction and my belief, and I have to do it my way. Now, I do think there's a real problem when you approach certain things and you just automatically discount people. Yeah. There's, you know even even the smallest feedback can be impactful if you spend a second or two and you engage in it and you think about it and you reflect upon it but uh definitely number one being open uh number two being reflective about it and then number three it's like any decision making process you've got to decide if that's right or wrong for and if it's going to help or it's not going to help or is it going to be something that overloads versus something that clearly uh would would help us so there's all those different factors that come into play when it comes to uh, decision making and feedback and uh you know i i would say that i am a welcomer but at the same time i have a belief and an understanding of who i am and what i believe and that sometimes things don't align with that and that's fine too got you you know I, i hear exactly what you're saying uh, in in the world that I've lived in for the last however many years, as far as with athletics, being an athletic director, being a head coach, all these types of things, uh, I definitely know what our goals are from day one and even prior to day one. 
uh, and then for people to come in and kind of give their two cents, whether it's, uh, you know, here again, you talked about considering the source, basically. Uh, even sometimes people don't, they don't get like what the whole plan is. And sometimes they'll say something and, and I'll, and I'll take it. And I, I cause I've, there's plenty, of, I've learned that I've learned to say, okay, uh, if, even if they're a little, you know, kind of overzealous about it. Okay. Uh, and then I do have to, at the end of the day, it, whether it's before I go to sleep or after I leave their presence, I really do reflect and say, now do what they say just really, really. Uh, was it coming off out of spite? Was it coming out of care? Was it? I, I don't. I wouldn't know because I can't read somebody's mind or heart or whatever. But I, but you're right. Feedback really, really is helpful because it it makes us check ourselves. It really does. In, in, in a world where yeah, everybody wants to be told nothing and held, not held to, not be held accountable for anything and just blame somebody else for whatever issues are out there. Uh, I feel like that's really uh, important feedback criticism. All those things, because it does help to make the right decisions and it's a determining factor in improving. And so great points of emphasis, Coach. Uh, so, you know, going through your career and, and seeing all the things that you hear again, success, what, what, you, what you've done to this point, uh, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Well, it's, it, I think it's like all things when you really take a moment and you reflect. I mean, you, you look back and you say, okay, like I'm proud of what I've done. I'm proud of the lives I've impacted. I'm proud of all those things. And it's really hard sometimes to be able to stop and do, the, do that clearly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm very proud. I'm proud of, of, proud of the career I built. I'm proud of the life I built for myself and my family. And uh, the relationships that I have in my life, and all those things. But at the same time, I think the way the way I'm wired, and the way so many coaches are wired, is okay. So what's next? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's that yeah. that ability to stay in the present, to be able to really enjoy the moment. That is a challenge, but I know that those are the moments when I'm most happy. And. Yeah. If I can find myself more of those moments, then clearly I can enjoy more. Yeah. But I think it's even that. It's even like, like you know, in the online world with basketball immersion, what a, what a tremendous blessing I've had with connecting with so many coaches and so many people. And like I said, if it's good, it's bad, whatever the interaction is, it's all interaction that relates to openly sharing something, yeah. which I'm grateful for and I welcome. But at the same time, it's it's still reminding myself that it's okay. It's okay. I can get back to the moment where I share with people and I interact with people, but I've still got to find these moments to be able to enjoy. Yeah. And I think that's the ultimate challenge and the ultimate balance for any coach because there's always that next that next thing. Or, you know, as you know, in coaching, there's always that, oh, there's never a boring day <laughs> because there's always yeah. something new that comes up. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that's what's uh, what's and people ask me about the online world. Well, I find the same challenges. I find the yeah. same challenges that every day there's never boring. There's always something new to come up, whether it's a new conversation, a new connection or something goes wrong with the website or some type of new information or whatnot. So, you know, yeah. that's that's all part of this fun. Fantastic. Coach, I think like what you're talking about, sometimes us as coaches, we you know, learn to be a little bit more content in this, you know, be where our feet are at, but be content with where that is. Uh, because here again, you said, what's next? What do we do next? 
I've gone, I've gone through that too many times. And even currently at times, I'm just, okay, so how do I do this? And how do I grow that? And how do I expand this? And, and really, it's like when you talk about being in the process, being a part of the present, uh, that just requires some time to really enjoy it too. I think that's part of it is like enjoy where you're at right now because it's the level of responsibility right now may not be as high as it's going to be with what you're looking for or what you're aspiring to do. So just enjoy it right now because it's going to pick up. And then, and then at that time, you may not have so much time to reflect and and kind of uh, enjoy some of the fruits of your labor. So yeah, it's just a great point of emphasis. Uh, so coach, you know, given your platform, Basketball Immersion, and everything that comes along with all the content that you put out, some of the great, great coaches and great people and individuals and influencers that you've had on, how do you feel or how, what are your thoughts on that as far as when you built this and now knowing the kind of influence that, that it has and that you have as well? Well, a long, slow build. I mean, and I and say that to anyone that ever asks is that this, there's, there's no such thing as overnight success for anyone. Yeah, yeah. And in 2014, like I can actually remember that I was probably going to start this in 2013, mm-hmm. but that somebody else released a website that made me question whether I should do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was different. It wasn't the same. And, and it's played over time that it wasn't the same, but it's just those moments of doubt. They all, we all have them. They exist. We can act like they don't, but they all exist. Yeah, they do. And then from there, I can still remember, you know, the slow build to say a thousand followers or some type of benchmark and just going, okay. And then what gradually happened is that I quit worrying about it. I, I quit looking. I'm not like, I'm a, I'm in the analytics. I'm in the stuff that, you know, but I try not to look at it when it comes to the website. What I've tried to focus on is just sharing content. Yeah. And somebody gave me great advice a long time ago, which was give away your best stuff. Yeah. And giving yeah. away your best stuff leads to more people being interested in your other stuff. Yeah. And that's really what's grown with this community. And I'm blown away. I mean, I really am. I mean, for those that aren't inside the membership community, one, we'd love to have you. But two, I, you can't appreciate that now there are so many coaches within our community that are helping each other, collaborating, collaborating with each other with the stuff I share or with stuff that they've used. And it's all coaches sharing stuff that's actually worked. Yeah. And that's really what's been the practical mindset of all my sharing is like, let's share things that work. Let's share things that stimulate thinking, but also let's share things that work. And that's where authentically sharing exactly what I do came from. And then from there, obviously BDT basketball decision training, uh, that whole concept games approach to coaching, that whole concept. And just this mind space of using evidence-based ideas and sharing practical ideas. Again, I, there's obviously people that question it. There's people that don't like it. All that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But the, the community and the tribe that I've connected with, it just it's just been such an incredible experience. And probably nothing in my life has ever grown me more as a person or as a leader or as a coach than sharing the game online like I have and it's been a true blessing you know coach you said something about there's some people that don't like it and I always view things from a pretty uh skeptical perspective or not cynical but you know skeptical when people want to give their their uh like you talked about their their knowledge out uh but no nah, coach you're on it man I mean I'll be honest with you the people who don't like it and I'm just gonna say it they're just people who don't know 
they don't they don't know uh uh without being mean they just don't know i just say that much they, they don't know what they're what they're, how to think about the game they don't they have an idea uh but i have an idea about driving a, a lamborghini but i don't know what that's like uh maybe one day but so at the end of the day, you know, they, they can't get past themselves to see really what it's about. And truly, Coach, uh, it's, it's been very impactful for myself, uh, for other coaches I know, been very impactful. And, uh, and even though I have a podcast and, and I don't feel like we're competitors, I feel like we're, we're, we're both doing, we're staying in our lanes, doing what we do best, uh, because I, I, don't, I wouldn't hesitate to promote your podcast because of the, the impact it's had on me. When you believe in something and you talk about presenting things that are, in my mind, bring results, uh, you can't argue with results. And if so somebody's sharing something with me that helps me get results to keep my job or to keep uh, the success going or whatever that whatever that looks like for people, uh, you know, you, you just keep doing it, Coach. It's 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 a great work. So uh, with that being said, and all that, uh, you know kind of you've laid out kind of a foundation for who you are what you're about uh and, and then moving forward to the future knowing that you want to be impactful in, in all those in all those areas of your life when it comes to basketball uh what would you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done like what do you want people to kind of get from everything that the content your coaching career which you kind of touched on earlier but everything that you're doing at this point what would you want people to say about you in the future when they're using some other form of uh, information, you know, in 2030 when, you know, they're just, I don't know how they're going to be, you know, obtaining or, or uh, generating information. What would you want people to say about you, you know, sometime in the, in the, in the future, what would you want them to say about you? Well, I would love for them to say that I, I stimulated their thinking. I mean, that, that that's ultimately it. I mean, I'm not here to create disciples. I'm yeah. not here to have people, do exactly what I do. And I think that's where sometimes uh, we misconstrue some of the sharing that happens. I, I'm just here to stimulate people's thinking. And you you alluded to it. I mean, so so many people can't get beyond their ego. Yeah. Their ego prevents them from changing or from admitting that what they've been doing for years might be wrong because it's not backed by any evidence-based learning. You know, different things like that. Like if, if for some in some way that I could really, really stimulate people's thinking and evolve the game, then I would feel grateful. And that's ultimately the goal. I mean, my, my strength is in coach education, I think. And that's what I'm trying to do is just to be able to help coaches get beyond, get beyond some of the traditional and cultural norms in coaching that have no evidence behind them and, and really have evidence in, in support of other ideas, not those ideas. And, uh, you know, I hope that coaches will get beyond their egos and just spend some more time with the information that I'm sharing. And I try and do that, obviously, in a non-confrontational way and just, yeah. hey, this is it and this is the information. So I, I would welcome that. And I would hope that would be part of my legacy as I continue to share the game. Coach, when I think about your, your programming uh, of any kind, I, the word pedagogy comes to mind. It really does. And, uh, you know, having been in the school system for a while, it's really huge to, to, to be able to just practice what you teach, practice what you preach, all those things, whatever you want to call it. I really get that from, from your, your content and, and appreciate it. So here again, Coach, I thank you for your time. I thank you for making the time. 
uh, to be on. And uh, and if you can, real quick, just kind of for our listeners who maybe, uh, you know, want to just immerse themselves in, in what you're doing and in the content, if you could kind of run down your websites and, and kind of how to get uh, your content out there or, or obtain your content. Well, great. Appreciate that opportunity. And uh, on Twitter, at B-Ball Immersion, uh, please, you know, follow and interact in any way. And then the website, basketballimmersion.com, you can go there, you can check it out, but there's a membership available for your membership. We do a full year of membership so someone can immerse themselves in it. And I never valued that one month membership because I felt like either I had to cram everything in or I got to the end of the month and I didn't use it enough. So I felt like at the end of the day, look, if you really want to commit to some of these ideas and some of this development in terms of basketball decision training and games approach and small side games and all these philosophies, then you have to immerse yourself in it for a full year. Yeah. So it's a full year membership. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have thousands of members and we have people from all different types of basketball. I mean, from, from literally the NBA and pro down to youth levels. So everyone's welcome. And then within that site, we have master classes that we do every Tuesday. We have a Facebook mastermind group where coaches interact and share. And then we have all these different types of events coming up, uh, you know, just for coaches in terms of extras for members as well. So grateful for that. And then the basketball podcast would be the last part, which is something that, that, that you know well. That, podcasts are amazing. And it's yeah. what, what incredible ability to be able to connect with people and be able to share. And uh, the basketball podcast by Chris Oliver, it's basically available everywhere now. And I, I would love for so many coaches to be able to interact and, and listen and, uh, you know, start to be a part of that community as well. And, uh, you know, as that's grown, it's been, it's been amazing. The types of coaches that have reached out and, and, you know, told me that they listen and that's, that's really cool. So I think it's become a a great resource for coaches at all levels of basketball. Fantastic coach here again. Thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate you. And, uh, thanks for doing what you're doing and sharing the game. And, uh, you know, I look forward to listening to uh, so many more of the podcasts that you release as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.